Right, Barry Soper, political editors with us at 13 away from five. Hi, Barry. G'day, Heather. Okay, so I, I was chatting about the um, the dock huts and the Uruwetas at the start of the show. It's, it's, it's gone into question time as well, hasn't it? Yes, I heard you. Um, yes, if you listen to ACT and Nicole McKee, she's the uh, conservation spokesperson for the party. She said that it was none other than uh, our old mate, Porto Williams, who signed off the plan to remove 44 dock huts uh, from the area. Uh, the community, uh, she said, feels blindsided uh, and they want their access back. Instead, um, Williams uh, told the iwi to go ahead and she claims to burn down the public huts. Uh, and she said that's despite the fact that uh, DOC gives $2 million a year to maintain tracks and huts in the area. Now, uh, iwi have control, as we know, under that co-governance model that was signed off by Chris Finlayson and the National Party, um, and they make the decisions. Uh, that was made clear by Porto Williams in Parliament under questioning from McKee this afternoon. Have a listen. Uh, the uh, board, Te Uruwera board, has day-to-day -day control of, um, of Te Uruwera. Let me also be very clear, there were no burning of huts. Under the Department of Conservation process, uh, huts were dismantled, roofing iron taken off, um, and timber salvaged for reuse. There are some rotten boards which have been burnt. Does DOC value the safe haven that backcountry huts give their users? And if so, why have they enabled the destruction of their huts without alternative temporary accommodation being constructed first? Mr Speaker, we value the health and safety, which is which is why we have supported Te Uruwera Board in ensuring that uh, those huts which were not fit for purpose are being replaced. See, nothing to see there, Heather. And uh, you mentioned the protest yesterday. There were hundreds that turned out in Taniatua for that. One of them was uh, a chap called Hemi Bardstool. Now, he's a former dock, con uh, dock conservation services manager in the area. He said some of, uh, in the governance entity apparently felt that the huts were symbols of colonial oppression. Uh, he said they just want to go hunting and they want somewhere to be able to spend the night. It's patently ridiculous. Yeah, actually, I might I might read a bit more of what he had to say. He had some good stuff to say. Um, we'll yeah, deal with that later. Yeah. ANZ. Now, ANZ's just made a profit of $2 billion. All right, this is a little awkward, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously banks make profits, but for them to make a record $2 billion profit while Kiwis are doing it tough in the cost of living crisis is probably not going to sit that well with a lot of people. No, it's not. And uh, you'll see them followed by the other three big uh, Aussie banks here. I'll guarantee it. They won't be quite as big as the ANZ, but, you know, $2 billion in the year ending September. Um, they uh, essentially, um, the government on this uh, has been quiet uh, when you consider that um, they were very quick to order the uh, ComCom to have a look at uh, petrol prices before realising they couldn't do anything about them and cut excise tax for a while. Uh, they also had to go, you'll know, Heather, at the excess profits being made by supermarkets. Nothing will happen there, of course, but the banks are hands-off. Um, they were hands-on from the Clark Labor government. You remember when Jim Anderson came up with the idea of Kiwi Bank uh, he started it um, because uh, essentially it would see those big profits that we've seen from the ANZ 
um, not going offshore, staying in New Zealand, and they, of course, will go offshore to um, Australia. When you consider the ANZ, for that year, it, the profit rose 20% to $2.3 billion. Now, you can imagine when those fixed-term interest rates come off mortgages uh, in a very short order, in a very short time, uh, a lot of people are going to be going to the wall. Not the ANZ, though. Uh, they'll no. be banking on it. Barry, Jacinda Ardern's electorate office uh, has been attacked and a woman has been arrested, which is a terrible thing that happens. But this does happen to prime ministers almost semi-regularly, doesn't it? It's ghastly. It's a terrible thing to happen. And, um, you know, if uh, Jacinda Ardern was reflecting on a future that uh, many have been talking about, this is the sort of thing that would push uh, anyone over the edge. Uh, it's terrible. It was uh, attacked, apparently, by a sword, uh, the woman bashed on the door, made a hole in it and shoved a smoke bomb into the office. Now, mm. she claimed she had been engaged in long-standing grievances with the Prime Minister's office and various government departments over health and living issues, which she said she was peace, um, repeatedly being fobbed off uh, on. Uh, she also claimed that she had warned staff ahead of the incident. Unfortunately, there were no staff inside when the, the attack occurred this morning terrible thing to happen and it should happen to no uh, public official. No, too right. Barry, thank you. Barry Soper, political editor.